0: Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Today's episode is brought to you by Picnic Health. If you're someone who regularly sees the inside of a doctor's office and you need a little help keeping all your records straight, or you aspire to be the kind of person who gets an annual physical, has a dermatologist, and is on top of all their medical shit, Picnic Health is your ultimate resource for your entire health history. Picnic Health allows you to take ownership over your health and to easily access every single record, lab result, scan, and more, down to the doctor's notes. Trust me, I've seen mine. Navigating healthcare can be scary and intimidating, but Picnic Health makes it so much easier. You also have the option to anonymously and securely contribute to health research that's working toward finding cures for over a dozen diseases, which also makes your membership totally free, $0 a month free. To learn more about owning your health, visit PicnicHealth.com, P-I-C-N-I-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Hey everyone, Dominique here. You've made it to episode three of This is Fine. You are officially a frequent flyer, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. As you've probably gathered by now, whether you know me personally or you've just listened to the past few episodes, I love sharing things that I love with other people, If there's something that has impacted my life for the better, you bet your ass you're going to be hearing about it a lot. It could be a perfume, a food, a workout, a beauty product, a book, a practice, or something I'm learning, anything. And that includes people who have made a positive impact on me as well. If I know someone great, I want everyone to know how amazing they are and to be able to feel what I feel, learn what I learn, all that good stuff, you know? Y'all, I am so excited and truly honored to have Lestrandra Alfred here today for our third episode of This Is Fine She is the creator and host of the Balanced Black Girl podcast and community, a writer and content creator, a certified personal trainer, a yoga instructor, and a fellow precision nutrition coach. I started following Les on Instagram in the early days of my fitness journalism career, back when she was the balanced berry. I immediately had an Instagram crush on this girl. I loved her energy, and I was like, wow, this girl's fit. She's gorgeous. She's got beautiful content. She's so optimistic, but so real and honest with her storytelling. She's one of those people on the internet that you're like, wow, if you weren't so lovable, it would be so easy to hate you. You're amazing. <laughs> Just out of pure envy. I have counted Les as my quote-unquote internet friend ever since. She's always been incredibly supportive and kind, even though we've never actually met in person. And I am perpetually in awe of how this Leo queen does it all. She runs her own business. She's grown a community from the ground up. She continues to make incredible content on Instagram and TikTok now. She's built her podcast, Balanced Black Girl, into a veritable empire. And she still just takes such good care of herself, at least from what I see online. She stays healthy. Meanwhile, I am in three-day-old sweatpants eating Reese's ice cream out of the court. It's fine. I need to absorb some of her personal discipline through osmosis, maybe on this call during this episode. Les was one of the biggest inspirations for me when creating This Is Fine. Through her work and her podcast, she has introduced me to new healthy recipes, other amazing creators in the health and wellness space that I have since followed and learned from, and new concepts like life design. I'm definitely going to link to her episode where she talks about that. It was so cool. So I'm not only inspired by her as a fellow businesswoman, founder, and podcaster, but I am such a fan and consumer of her work and the content she's putting into the world. Without further ado, here she is. Les, welcome. I think this is our first time actually talking outside of a keyboard. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, it is our first time like actually interacting outside
1: of Instagram or TikTok. Yeah, That's it's
0: hilarious. been a while. I know. So um, I did give some context in the intro, but yeah, we've been uh, internet friends when I was at Pop Sugar like years ago. I found your account instant Insta crush was like, love this girl, and have watched your career and your podcast blossom. And that's just been such a massive inspiration to me as a business person, as a now podcaster, a wellness person in general. So thank you for being such an inspiration, not just to me, but to everyone in this space. Oh, Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So first things first, we're called This Is Fine. Are you fine today? How are you doing today? How are you doing this week?
1: That's a great question. Overall, I felt like I was pretty good this week. Today, I wouldn't say fine. I mean, yeah. we're recording this, you know, when the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade news came out. Yep. So Rough day. Definitely don't feel fine.
0: Um, But I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. We're all kind of in it together right now. It is definitely not a fine day and uh, not the day we really want to pretend it's fine either. But uh, for the the sake of today, thank you for (laughs) being here anyway and talking about something completely different to maybe take our minds off of it which is honestly welcome. Distractions. Great. Yeah. Let's think about literally anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So just jumping right into it, um, for our listeners who are just getting to know you, your focus is on health, wellness, mental health, great topic for today, and all through the lens of women of color. Can you share a bit about how you got into the space uh, as a whole at first, and then what your experience was like that led you to creating Balanced Black Girl? Yeah. So
1: I first became interested in wellness a long time ago when I was in college, and I was not in college recently. <laughs> this, was, this was like over a decade. Yeah. Ago. I think
0: we're like the same age. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, sometimes with through voice, you can't tell. Be like, did she graduate last year? Like, yeah, no, is I she graduated 20? <laughs> last decade. So, Damn. not recently.
0: I it feels so heavy when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I. First became really interested in wellness actually the summer between my junior and senior year of college I had my first kind of corporate internship and it was unlike any other experience I'd ever had I'd had other jobs I'd had other internships but a lot of it was like very event based so I was running around and hosting events I was working in retail I was working in food service so that was my first yeah. time truly being in an office environment sitting at a desk and just being sedentary
0: Yeah and- totally.
1: I don't think that that is particularly good for anyone from a health standpoint, but from the second I started that internship, my body just rejected the corporate environment. <laughs> oh, no, thank was you. <laughs> truly. And I mean, I'm still in a corporate environment and my body is still rejecting it. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we're doing
0: the best we can. We're just surviving um, now.
1: <laughs> truly. I'm like, listen, we're going to figure this out. But I, I was honestly like falling asleep at my desk at this internship. I was just so exhausted. I had no energy. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe if I like work out or something, will that help? Like, maybe if I start eating vegetables. I mean, I was a college student. I was not. I literally lived off of pizza Body is and a champagne. trash can. Yep. It was. Pizza was and champagne. Like, yes. <laughs> it was my diet all four years for the most part and so i was like okay maybe if i start like bringing my own lunch from home or maybe if i start cooking some of my own food that will help and and it really did you know yeah. i spent the rest of the summer really starting to cultivate these habits i started you know taking workout classes and getting more comfortable going to the gym and going on walks throughout the day and i did notice that i started feeling a lot more energized and i really right. liked the way i felt and so by the time i went back to school for my senior year it was something that i really wanted to continue on and Circumstances kind of forced me into that, um, paying for college was like a really hard
0: yeah. <laughs> a really
1: hard thing for me Still there family, and for <laughs> so many people yeah. um, and so when I got back to school, I ended up being like short on tuition money and needed to cash in the meal plan that I was planning to have, so I ended up cashing in my meal plan to pay off tuition. And didn't, you know, wasn't able to go to the cafeteria like I used to. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll start cooking for myself. And if I'm cooking, I may as well try and cook things that are kind of healthy. So I started getting really into blogs um, because this was like 2010. So at the time, that was all we had. Like there was no Pinterest. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. So it was truly like Googling things. I used to spend a lot of time on StumbleUpon, if anyone remembers StumbleUpon. Yeah, what an unlocked memory such a throwback to try and find like recipes and workouts. And it just started snowballing before I knew it. I was like making smoothies before my 8am class. Like, I mean, shout out to my roommates because they absolutely (laughs) hated me. And I was a terrible person for doing that, but I just started cultivating these habits and it was kind of a perfect time, right. As I was on the cusp of adulthood, because then I graduated and I just kind of kept Doing it, and I just these habits just kept building because I established them at kind of the perfect age to not really have experienced adulthood any other way. Um, and so I was still obsessed with reading all of these wellness blogs. And after a few years, I was like, Well, why don't I start a wellness blog? Like, I studied comms, I worked in comms, I was like, I can write, I know just as much about wellness. I'd become a personal trainer. Um, I was like, I know just as much as these people who I'm reading about, so why don't I start doing this? And so I started my first blog in 2014. And it has
0: just been like a wild ride ever wow. since. The Balanced Fairy, I remember very yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, So cool. And amazing that you did find it at that time. I wish that I had discovered wellness in college because similarly, I was a human trash can, Domino's and <laughs> vodka. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so It same. took a while. But yeah, I love your story about feeling more energized and not Particularly getting into wellness because, you know, you wanted to like lose weight or, you know, get swole or whatever. I don't know. But because you wanted to feel better in general. And I think that's something that has lasted until now. Like a lot of fitness trends, wellness trends will come and go, ebb and flow. But the idea of just feeling better in general, I think, is something that has lasted and has given you, I think, an edge, right? Like an authority point of view because that's what you've been the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the reason why I'm still here. I think it's the reason why I still have these habits and that they've served me so well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you've taken all of this from the blog originally, and now you've created your podcast and community. Do you want to talk about the impetus for creating that? Yeah. So I guess kind of picking back up where that story,
1: very (laughs) long story I just told. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The second half of that long story, Uh, was that I'd spent about four years blogging, focused really heavily on the fitness space. I mean, that was kind of my thing. I did a lot of fitness content. My Instagram used to be very fitnessy and very all about healthy recipes. Um, So I did that from 2014 until 2018. And in 2018, that was just when the ish really hit the fan in my life. I just I don't know if you're like an astrology girly, but oh like 100%. a hundred percent return. Hit yes.
0: And I just yes. was kind of a mess. It Wait, was like I'm like shocked that you're saying this too because I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this personally. 2018, like kind of early in the year was when I had to take my mental health leave from work and ended up leaving my job and starting over because literally shit hit the fan and I was like yes. I can't anymore. Damn. Right. Do you have any Virgo placements? I know you're a Leo. Do you have any Virgo yeah. placements? I do. I have a Virgo, Mars, and Mercury. Yeah, I
1: Always, I joke that I cosplay as a Virgo because <laughs> if I would have been born just a couple of days later, I would have been a Virgo, and I feel like that's what I would prefer to be. So, that's so I pretend funny. to be
0: a Virgo. I feel like you're such a Leo, though. Just like really, yeah, like very goddess queen energy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think I just so view. I'm so
1: used to Leo slander, where everyone's like, "Oh, I hate Leos. They're so annoying. No, they think uh, everything's about them."
0: And I'm like, "Oh, that's. I don't think that's what I do. Not at all. No. <laughs> I uh, I get a very different uh, vibe. But I also picked up on obviously as uh like a multi Virgo, <laughs> mm, <laughs> and I like we, I'm I so feel jealous. like we have like a very similar brain. I've got the uh sun rising. Mercury and Venus. <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's <laughs> it's like a lot of Virgo. So
0: aggressive. I'm on the the Libra cusp with like a Libra moon. This is like way TMI for like anyone listening. I'm so sorry. I'm like wasting everyone's time with my birth chart. But yeah, anyway, the Virgo brain, I totally get it. And I feel like that's probably helped you a lot with communication and bringing this into the podcast world.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially having a Mercury placement in Virgo. So, yep. for those who are maybe not as familiar with astrology, Mercury on your birth chart is what really rules how you communicate. Um, And so having a Virgo placement in Mercury means I communicate very clearly and I communicate in a very linear way. And I think that that really helps with storytelling and being able to describe things in a way that people can follow because it's very clear. It's very concise. It's exactly the information you need when you need it and nothing more, nothing less. Yes,
0: that's a perfect explanation. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So shout let's, out to Virgo. Shout out to our, our Virgo girlies <laughs> 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 or people who are uh, cosplaying as Virgos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love yes. that so much. <laughs> okay. So circling back, you are in this wellness industry. You're a creator. You're a communicator. You're uh, in your Saturn return 2018. Yeah. Shoulders hitting yeah. the fan. Yes. Walk us through it. So much is hitting
1: the fans. So at that time, I uh, had gone through kind of multiple career changes, but what had been a constant was fitness. Fitness was something that I was constantly falling back on. If I needed extra money, I could like put out a fitness program or take on personal training clients. and so I always had that kind of in my back pocket throughout my career. And so I took some risks in my career uh, that ended up you know not really working out. <laughs> and so by the summer of 2018, I'd been laid off for my corporate job. Thinking that I could make it full time creating content, and my finances were like, "Girl, you absolutely cannot—at least not right now." <laughs> um, going through like a really horrible breakup, uh-huh. and ended up having to get a new job that ended up just being really toxic and a very abusive workplace. And mm-hmm. so I was just really going through it during that time. I was also making like no money in that very abusive, toxic workplace, and yep. so. I was like, okay, the balance buried needs a break. I just need to like (laughs) pause all of this. I needed to pause my own fitness. I needed to pause other people's fitness. And so I just took a break from content. And while I was taking a break, I was getting these messages from women who were like, hey, Les, I know you're like not on Instagram right now, but... I'll be really excited for you to come back because I don't really see other black women talk about fitness the way Uh, you do or talk about wellness. And you're the only person I see who looks like me, who's at these events and talking about these things. And so I was like, okay, so this is, this is bigger than just me Mm -hmm. and, you know, my feelings in this moment. So I was kind of noodling on that. And truly one day it just kind of came to me, just this download of an idea of like, start a podcast, call it balanced black girl interview other Black women in wellness to introduce your audience to them so that they can have other people to learn from and follow. And as soon as I got the idea and kind of got the download to do that, I immediately started executing. I immediately like bought the domain went to amazon ordered a microphone uh and the podcast launched 10 days later and honestly the podcast probably would have launched sooner but that was how long it took itunes to like approve having the podcast live sometimes they do it instantly sometimes it takes a few days right Uh, but i just went into
0: straight like focus mode and launched the podcast in 10 days (laughs) damn girl that's amazing That, that took me way longer i think uh a little analysis paralysis, but um, 10 days and it would have been sooner. And I think that's a really good point for anyone listening who wants to start a podcast of their own. Uh, that tip that you just mentioned about Apple, it's not instantaneous. So no. giving yourself yeah. a little time there too. Um, yes. Speaking of which, could you perhaps walk us through the process of how you started recording and producing these episodes? Yeah. So how I did it back
1: then is definitely different than how it is now. It's come a long way. And if anyone listens to maybe a recent episode and goes back and listens to an old episode, <laughs> you can absolutely hear it. So that's my other thing is like, if you're interested in podcasting or creating content in any way, don't wait for it to be perfect. Truly just start however you can and it will get better. Yeah. Um, at that time, when I was first starting the podcast, actually, my first few episodes were solo episodes. So I have an episode introducing myself and the concept of the podcast. And then a couple of the other episodes that I launched with were solo episodes that were actually just blog posts that I initially written for the Balanced Berry that were a few years old, that I basically just kind of read. Awesome. Uh, and, and turned into podcast.
0: Yeah, episodes. it's good so, content
1: yeah, it was good content and, you know, it, it got me started and got me comfortable talking on a mic. And so when I was ready to start reaching out to guests, I actually started by reaching out to people that I already knew. So friends of mine who were black women in the wellness space, um, which was really helpful because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Totally. Interviewing people, no clue. And so interviewing people that I already knew and already felt comfortable talking to was super helpful for really strengthening that, interview muscle to help me get more comfortable. Um, so a lot of that looked like me just reaching out to them, seeing if they were interested. They say, yes. Um, I was using either zoom or like Skype at the time. And I was spending time like combing through their socials, combing through their work, coming up with questions. I would record the episode with them and then I would edit it myself and then I would publish it. So all of it was very, um, very fluid, but it was all me doing kind of all of it. And I still do most of it now, but it was truly just all me at that time. And also at that time, yeah, it it truly was like, I (laughs) actually don't know how I did that. that. Um, But at the time I also didn't have as much direction with it. So a lot of those, those initial conversations were more so about the guest and about sharing their stories and learning about their experiences being Black women in wellness or brown women in wellness, because I've also interviewed other women of color. Um, and it's, it's more of us just kind of chatting about their lives and their experiences. And I think over time, I've definitely become a lot more intentional with the topic of the episode. And now it's a little bit more topic focused as opposed to guest focus. Yeah. Um, but that was that was how I
0: started off. I love that, like developing your editorial direction and your editorial voice. Uh, but just yes. starting with it first, and I think that's really natural too to kind of have that uh, progression from these fluid conversations into something that is, like you said, very topic-based. Um, but you raised a really good point where in the early stages, you're doing everything by yourself. I yes. do have my producer here who's listening. Um, so I have one person helping me. But aside from that, like, you know, You do so much. When you're running a business, whether it's a podcast or anything else, you wear so many different hats. You have a team now. A lot of people listening, especially those who are interested in podcasting, they're going to be like, okay, how do I get there? That seems unattainable, far away, whatever that block is. that's between them and that point. How did you get to that point of being able to scale and bring on support? Do you have any tips?
1: Yeah. Well, I will also be totally transparent that I do not have... As much support as I would like. So the main support that I have right now is my editor. Okay. Um, I have a really great, great gal who edits my show for me. She's amazing. She makes it sound way better. Yes. She's worth every penny. <laughs> um, but uh, pretty much everything else I still do myself. And at times I've had other support or other virtual assistants and some of those scenarios haven't worked out. But I think first it is important to start doing things on your own so that you understand each part of the process because it's really hard to teach someone else how to do something that you don't understand. Absolutely, that's why I've kind of struggled when I have had people on my team in the past where it didn't really work out. It's because I was asking them to do something that either they didn't know how to do and I didn't know how to teach them Mm -hmm. how to do it. Um, So I would say either have experience doing it yourself so that you know how to teach or get somebody who knows things that you don't
0: know. Right, like a complimentary Um, skill.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then to just start outsourcing one thing at a time. I mean, when I first started outsourcing editing, it's actually someone who followed me on Instagram who was, she volunteered to do it. She was like, hey, I'm actually a video editor and I really want to learn how to work with audio better. Wow. Can I edit your show? And I was like, that's amazing. You sure you can. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, and so then, you know, so she did that for a few months and it was super helpful. That helped me understand like, how do I get files to someone and how do I give feedback on edits? And then as soon as I was able to afford it, I've outsourced, uh, podcast editing. And that's something that I will always outsource. I'm, I edited my own show for the first year and I will never again. Um, <laughs> it's a hard process. It's that's editing is the hardest part and the most
0: time consuming. And so what program um, did I, you use? I won't. I was just using GarageBand. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a, that's a great tip, though, for someone who is like, yes, it's hard work, but if you have that tool on your computer, which I'm pretty sure is free with every Apple device, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's something that you can get started with right now. Like, you don't have to have the money up front for an editor, and you can yeah. jump in if this is something you're passionate about. Exactly.
1: And, you know, I will say, though, what's funny is that back when I was editing my own show... <laughs> I was a lot cleaner with how I talked. I messed up a lot less because I knew that I would have to be the one to fix it versus once I started having other people edit, (laughs) I almost got a little bit sloppier and I would just kind of mess up all the time or... Misty, because I knew that someone else would clean it They'll up. they so. edit that out. It's fine, <laughs> right? But when it was me
0: having to do that, I was on it. My words were sharp. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're like I'm gonna have to clean up this mess. Um. But I, I also kind of picked up on something that has supported you has been your network people who have supported you by coming in as guests people yes. who wanted to learn something and came in to help you with editing. Um, Do you have any networking tips for people who are starting a podcast themselves as well? Yeah, you know, that's a great, great question. I would say podcasting
1: is probably one of the most amazing networking tools that you can have. Yeah. Um, I think a mistake that people make when they first start podcasting is they start podcasting and start wanting to have these like famous right. In demand guests right away. You need celebs. Yeah. (laughs) You launch a podcast and like want Oprah to come on to your first episode (laughs) and get really disappointed when she can't. Um, And I took the total opposite approach. I truly was interviewing my peers and they are every bit as amazing and phenomenal as Oprah. And they're also like a lot more accessible (laughs) and a lot more likely to say yes. Absolutely. I think interviewing people and working with people on your podcast who are at where you're at. Issa Rae has a really great quote about this where she calls it networking across. So networking with people on your level instead of trying to go immediately for people who have these huge platforms and all this other stuff is the best advice that I can give because the big guests will come when you build something that has a base and has listenership that will come. Um, but don't don't discount people who who are where you are because you can have amazing conversations and create amazing content from the from those guests who who can relate to you and who can probably relate to your audience a little bit better.
0: Such a good tip, seriously, and I love this because. Because I am the way that I am, I did a big survey before I started this just to get, you know, listener habits and preferences and, you know, where are you listening to podcasts and what kind of episodes do you like, blah, blah, blah. So one of the things that came across in my insights of the data was people really care just about a good conversation, that it's more than a celebrity or a big name. If it's a good totally. story, it's it just comes down to the storytelling. And I feel like you relate to that. Uh, we're talking a lot about storytelling in general if the story is good, people are going to be engaged. And like you were saying, it doesn't have to be Oprah, even though that would be incredible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, who wouldn't want to listen to her some more? But, um, you know, it's the content and it's the story and it's the connection and the energy. And that doesn't have to come from, you know, one particular person with X amount of followers. So excellent, excellent tip. Thank you for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I'll
1: say like, I... Having podcasted for a while, I've had guests who kind of have platforms of all sizes and big guests do not necessarily
0: get you more listeners. So they don't true. You
1: think they do. They do not. So it's the quality true. of the
0: conversation. Yes. Okay. So I you know that I used to host a podcast for another platform or another um publisher. And mm-hmm. we had a huge celebrity for that industry on one of the episodes. And it was not the top performer. The top performer was yep. actually my very dear friend Shannon, who was on episode one of this podcast. My astrologer bestie that was our top episode people wanted to yep. hear the content versus the celebrity so yeah mm-hmm. don't get discouraged anyone listening if you feel like you can't get you know a big name with a big following it's not necessarily your path to success yeah so now you're putting out two episodes a week. That is so much. <laughs> How do was, you do this? Oh, oh, you were. Yes, okay. Got I it, got don't it.
1: anymore. Okay. I was for a while. I was. And that was unsustainable. Okay. Good show. For, for me as a person who is like working full time and yeah. still predominantly a, a team of one. Yeah. Um, so when I was when I was doing two episodes a week, I just wasn't really sleeping a lot. And I was like, yeah, you know, for a wellness podcast, I should maybe sleep. <laughs> I should be well. <laughs> uh, I should be well. This is making me unwell. Um, so now I do one episode a week, but that it's still definitely a lift. Um, yeah. And the way I do that is I've really dialed in my processes. So one, I'm usually working on episodes probably six to eight weeks before they are released. I don't, I, when I first started and for a very long time, I would record an episode and put it out the next week, record an episode and put it out the next week. And that's totally fine when you're getting started. But especially if you have an interview based podcast, if Mm -hmm. it's something that you want to be, ongoing, it's really hard to do that because yeah. people need to reschedule. Things come up, people cancel, people forget that they all booked the time. an interview with you. Mm-hmm. Um, audio gets messed up. I mean, all of these things that have all happened to me <laughs> can <laughs> happen that can really disrupt the flow of your show when it was causing so much stress doing everything so last minute. Um, So now I prefer to batch things. So I will usually brainstorm or ideate about six episode topics at a time. I will determine who I want the guests to be. I will reach out to those guests, you know, a month or two in advance of when I'm planning to record to get the time booked. Um, And then I will batch kind of the different tasks. So when I'm doing research and scripting to learn more about a guest. I will batch kind of the scripts and the questions, you know, all at once. So I'll spend a week kind of focusing on that. Um, when I record, I will usually, uh, block off about three days each month. Um, that also correspond with like the right time in my cycle to be communicating and recording, but that's like a whole different thing. Cycle syncing could be its own episode. Yeah. Is Um, it, is
0: it on BBG yet? It is. I've done
1: episodes about cycle thinking. Okay. We haven't talked as much about work, but yeah. like yeah, I that could would definitely be so cool. Get more into that. Um but I, I will block off a few specific days on my calendar that are available for interviews. And if there is a guest who truly can't make that work, I'm happy to like be flexible and accommodate, but usually they can. Yeah. Um, and I have that whole process of getting guests on the show down to kind of a science. Um, so I have like my scheduling calendar. I like to use acuity. People can use anything like Calendly, whatever that's updated with my availability to record for that month. I will reach out to Guests at a certain time, based off of when I kind of need their episode recorded by. And before uh, we actually book the episode, they have to fill out a form that just gets all of their information up front. So I'm getting their contact information, I'm getting their bio, I'm getting their headshot, I'm having them sign a little waiver that gives me, you know, permission to use their likeness in the show. All before they even book the episode. Wow. Once they book, they then get an automated confirmation that sends them to a guest packet, which just gives them more information about like what to record and what to do kind of for that day of. Um, And then they get automated reminders. I think one like 48 hours before the interview, one 24 hours before the interview that has a link to the software that I use to book. So it's all super automated. I'm never going back and forth with people trying to figure out scheduling. I'm not going back and forth with people trying to chase down someone's bio or headshot because I get all of that at once. And that has made it so much easier. Holy shit. I'm like, you're just
0: like taking notes. Like, thank you, professor. Like, <laughs> this is so good. Your brain is a machine. I love it. Oh my I, God. I, yeah, that's how I operate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is obviously giving me life based on how my brain operates. So <laughs> thank you for this lesson. That's insane. Okay. So like another podcast related question, you're, you've built a brand, right? You've built this brand that's based on you as a person, your personality, in your community, right? And I feel like that, at least from my perspective, can feel extremely intimidating when your personality is a huge part of your brand and it might take a toll on mental health. Um, is that the same for you? Like, Do you have this kind of like, okay, this, this brand and this business is attached to who I am?
1: I have. Yeah, I've definitely struggled with that. And it's something that I've gone back and forth with. And I think in Balance Black Girl in its evolution, there's, there've been times where I've been more forefront at putting myself in the brand. And then there's also been a, a lot of times where I've been kind of hiding behind the brand and there's less of me. There will be, long stretches of time where on the podcast, it's all interviews and like no solo episodes. So right. if you see a long stretch of all interviews and no solos, that's an indication that less is hiding. Okay. Um, and <laughs> then if there are more solo episodes and I'm being a little bit more upfront and talking and putting myself a little bit more out there, that's like a time where I'm feeling more comfortable with it. Yeah. And I used to give myself a hard time about those times I wasn't feeling as comfortable and feel like I had to be at the forefront all the time. And now I'm actually realizing that, I don't know, it's okay if I'm not at the forefront sometimes. Totally. Sometimes it's okay if I am. I'm, I'm kind of embracing that as seasons of what makes me feel well and what makes me feel safe and supported. And sometimes like... Me being all up in the mix is not. And so then I focus some more on guests. And then sometimes I think that I do have a valuable perspective about a certain topic or I've researched something and I'm really passionate about it and want to be the one to share it with my audience. So then I will be, you know, more uh, in the forefront. So I kind of let it flow depending on how I'm feeling, but it's definitely impacted my mental health at, at different times. And that's usually when I know it's time to take a step
0: back. What a beautiful strategy of approaching it. Like a season or a cycle, and having those uh, pieces in place so you can scale back a little bit when you need to. Um, I feel like that's another excellent tip for anyone listening. You know, if you're gonna set this up, maybe give yourself the opportunity. If you were thinking that you were gonna do a lot of solo episodes, consider you know integrating more interviews or you know other formats that might give you a chance to kind of retreat a little bit into yourself so you can protect your piece. Yes. do you have any other thoughts on solo versus interview episodes? Yeah, I think
1: what's interesting is that the feedback that I get from my audience is that they love solo episodes.
0: Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) And what I as a creator love is interviewing people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. I love talking to people.
1: (laughs) Interviews are just so much more fun to me. Like Mm -hmm. I get to sit and have a conversation with someone who has an expertise in something that I probably don't know much about and just learn from them. Like that is so fun to me, but yeah. from the audience perspective, I kind of get where they're coming from when they're like, you are the person I've built this bond with. I right. want to hear from you. And so I, I try to balance it a bit. Um, you know, I think Balance black Girl wouldn't be what it was if it weren't for interviews. Right. So while I appreciate that people do love my solo episodes and I take that for the compliment that it is, I know I wouldn't have the listenership I have if I never had interviews. That's that's a big part of the brand. So I do, I try to balance it and I probably now have a more even split between solos and interviews, but I yeah. think it's all about understanding what your audience resonates with um, and then also what you as a host are comfortable with. Totally. Well, it's in
0: your title, Balance. <laughs> you gotta yes, have a balance exactly. of the two. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Kind of scaling back a little bit to the business as a whole i think we both are in that like subsect of like younger millennial that went through girl boss gaslight gatekeeper era um, <laughs> yes. being a woman who created her own business her own company what does that look like to you now like being a woman in business it's not girl boss anymore like how has this energy vibe changed grown developed for you totally yeah I have so many thoughts about this
1: because I did work for a company that was female led yep. and was very centered on all of that, but it was truly the most toxic place I've ever worked. It's such a, and bummer. It's such a bummer, so disappointing. Yeah. And what that experience really taught me was that if you have someone who is either a woman or a person of color or another kind of underrepresented uh, demographic leading a business but doing the same old practices that we know are exploit people and are not good for anybody, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Um, and so I see having my own business as an invitation to do things differently. It's an invitation to not repeat the same business practices that I've seen other people do. If I know that they're harmful, if I know that they're exploiting people, changing who's doing the harm doesn't make it any less harmful. And I think that's where the girl boss era kind of met its
0: downfall right absolutely <laughs> but, but people
1: realize that we're like wait but they're just doing the exact same thing now I do think that there's also something to, uh, women being held under more scrutiny and facing harsher consequences for a lot of things that men in business have done. And I think that's absolutely valid. And I think it's, it's not fair, but it also doesn't absolve harm. And so, um, I think for me, having a business has really been all about, am I having a business that I would want to work for? Like I, everybody who starts a business does so because they either have an idea or a passion, or maybe they don't like where they, work or they want something to be different. So it's truly your opportunity to rewrite the rules and to make things different.
0: Yes. Break the cycle. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much. Seriously, you came on here season one, so early in the game. You've offered support for for me, (laughs) for the listeners. Like this is such an incredible gift of your time, of your wisdom. For our listeners who would like to connect more with you, learn from you, where can they find you beyond the podcast? Yes. So the podcast is Balanced Black
1: Girl. You can listen to it every Tuesday, wherever you're listening to this. You can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at balanced less, uh, is my account or Balanced Black Girl podcast is my podcast account. And then I've been doing, I've been doing more of the TikTok lately. I I can (laughs) say I love the clock app and I'm probably going to be, uh, prioritizing the clock app more. So you can find me at balanced less. Um, yeah and then I'm always sharing what I'm up to there whether it's sharing my newsletter sharing the podcast sharing the blog I do still do all of those things so you can catch me in those places as well
0: I know I've been uh following your tiktok ever since I got a tiktok <laughs> and, like observing <laughs> all the information I can I need to learn more about this cycle syncing stuff so I'm looking forward to even more on that on the yes. podcast and tiktok Amazing. obviously um yes. thank you thank you thank you this has been such a joy I so appreciate you Thank you so much for having me. Isn't she awesome? I love her. Okay, so now that we are at the end of this episode, if you haven't hit subscribe or download or left a review, we would love it if you did that real quick before heading to Les's podcast, Bounced Black Girl. She is also on whatever app you're currently using right now to listen to this episode. So go check out her series right now and experience more of her magic. Tune in next week, we're going to be sticking to an every Wednesday schedule from here on out because we love consistency, right? Love that for us. Next episode, we're talking about confidence, insecurities, feeling better about yourself with a nice little coaching session from a certified mindset and confidence coach. I know, right? If you'd like to support This Is Fine and help us continue these coaching sessions and conversations, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. all one word. We're going to be rolling out merch, bonus episodes, health coaching tips from yours truly, and curated shopping lists and guides. We'd also love to hear from you. If there's something that you'd like to see on Patreon, whether that's a bonus or a product or whatever, or there's a topic that you'd like us to cover on the show, you can email us at I'mfine, I-M-F-I-N-E, no apostrophe, at thisisfinepodcast.com. Tell us what you're feeling and what you're thinking about how you feel. Okay, ta for now, babies. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com.